Obscurity with Dean and DJ Pozur. Hey, Dean, how's it going? It's going great, DJ Pozur. I've had a good week. I just started reading a new book that I am liking a lot more than I thought. And I'm really excited to talk about this week's albums. Hey, me too. What you, what you been listening to? Okay, so I have been listening to a couple of things, but not a ton. Mainly, um, okay, so I've been listening to a little bit of Bardo Pond, specifically their album Volume 8, which sounded better before I got it, but eh, it happens. Well, you like um, their concert, right? Yeah, I love their concert. Um, I just listened to the new EP by the Cominas, that's K-O-M-I-N-A-S, called The Systems Are Down, which is, I mean, easily top five best Muslim punk groups you're gonna, you're gonna find. And, um, I listened to, um, like a feedback ambient album from Antigua of North America, who opened for Bardo Pond. Hmm. I only liked listening to that one because of the, um, my car is out of alignment. So it has hmm. kind of a hum whenever I'm driving. Hmm. And the specific feedback noises that that album Hermitage has, masks the sound of my tire. So I'm listening to it basically so I can forget about the fact that I need an alignment on my car. <laughs> Very functional <laughs> listening there, yeah. Seriously, it really is. Um, by the way, related to last week, is kind of a callback. Um, we mentioned uh, a guy named Dallin Weeks who ended up shouting out your pick from last episode. And uh-huh. I had never heard any of his music and I tried listening to Panic at the Disco, and it was fine. So um, he <laughs> yeah, had this other band called the Brobecks. Hmm. Um, and they have an album called Violent Things. And admittedly, I've only listened to the first two or three songs, but the second one, um, called Better Than Me, is really great. It's basically like you will, you will be able to do better than me in any one of a number of different guys I date but I'll never be able to do better than you. Um, it was kind of cute. And then, oh yeah, completely inexplicably, the most like, I don't know anyone who even likes this band, kind of an artist, but I've been getting into them for some reason. Giant Sand. Hey, yeah, I've got some of his solo work. They're, uh, they uh, like to be imperfect, is their, is their calling card. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's the album Backyard Barbecue Broadcast. Find it interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I haven't heard much of the full band, but uh, the guy's solo work is uh, is, is alright, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I only have the album The Tour of Enchantment. Eh. But like, now at this point, I've got Long Stem Rant, 
This is a cute little, like, five-second track of a five-year-old girl doing her impression of Bob Dylan, and that's the that's the highlight of the album for me. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, seriously. I mean, if it's not, you just need to look at yourself. Um, I tried to get into Pink Martini, but I just found it to be a very shallow pool, if you know what I mean. Sure thing. Now, what about you? What have you been listening to and or into lately? I, I've compiled the uh, lists of techno and house or from uh, eMusic and uh, found little to be uh, recommended. But uh, for Halloween, as it's coming up, I did do a, also a, a comp- compilation of uh, all the metal that's left on eMusic. And that's that's taken up a lot of my time, though I'm not the hugest metalhead. So, yeah, yeah there's only, yeah, there's only one metal band that I listen to and like. Um, and that's a Ukrainian folk metal band called Druk. E-R-U-D-K-H. And I really like them. And oddly enough, the guy who runs their record label, I have he lives in Philadelphia uh-huh. and like met the band. And I've run he's one of the few passengers that I've picked up in Philadelphia that I picked up multiple times. And it's uh-huh. awesome because he's like the opposite of the two of us. Uh-huh. Anything he recommends, I will listen to and I don't like any of it. <laughs> Anything I recommend to him, he listens to, and he doesn't like any of it. Oh, wonderful. And we n- will not give up. We're like, maybe <laughs> this one, though. <laughs> and it just never is. <laughs> that could be frustrating or a, an enduring challenge, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like, I found that kind of interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's... But, um, what kind of... What artists, pray tell, would be on this underwhelming list? You know, there's a, a band called uh, Psychotic Beats out of San Francisco. That's the, the techno techno version on the Log Lady Records that I, I like pretty well. There's also a Russian band called 444, who's techno on uh, uh, the album Welcome to Entropy. is is highly recommended for anybody who likes just grating electronic noise that's danceable. So there's that two. is that that is that is that is. Speaking of killing with faint praise, those were just <laughs> reviews that <laughs> reviews that all music can really like really use. There is a there is virtue and brevity, I believe. So, <laughs> I so think, what's your pick, Dean? <laughs> oh yeah, okay, cool. So yeah, um, my pick is half eaten guitar from the group Weird Visions. Weird Visions is W-Y-R-D. And um, second week in a row, or second episode in a row, rather, um, it is a Shakespearean reference, a reference to the Weird Sisters from, Mm -hmm. I want to say Hamlet, but I'm not sure. I was only an English major. I saw Macbeth, but maybe, who knows? (laughs) Macbeth, yeah, yeah, whatever. I was only an English major. I don't know these things. (laughs) Let me tell you. <laughs> so, um, the it's um the the group is one dude plus um Colin Berg and some people he's brought in that are like friends of his. Mm-hmm. Um, and originally it was released um in 2006 on Toronto's Blue Fog Recordings, which is related to a Toronto record label. I'm sorry, a Toronto, um. God, literally, my brain just stopped working. Um, record store. Wow. Uh-huh. Okay. That's apparently how bad record stores are doing. I forgot the word. Um, Thanks. 
seriously. But it was reissued in 2016 on Phil Elverum's record label. Um, Phil Elverum, some people may know from the band The Microphones and Mount Erie. And he's <laughs> all, and he's done confessional, very calm folk recordings mostly. It's a seminal, I'd call it seminal lo-fi also. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so his record label is P.W. Elverum and Son. Um, Elverum is E-L-V-E-R-U-M and Son is not S-O-N but S-U-N because, you know, of course it is. Now, do you uh, want to go into the overall where, where can you Where can you find the, this album, Dean? Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, you can find it on the, the P.W. Elverum and Son record label. Uh, and I personally picked it up on vinyl when it came out and it comes up with a download code. And the packaging is really amazing. There are no words of any sort on the outside of the album. Hmm. The album is the, 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 the album cover or sleeve rather. The back is completely blank. Huh. All of the recording info is embossed into blank cardboard. <laughs> so you have to kind of hold it at an angle so you can see it. And huh. then you pull it, you pull it out and there's a inside sleeve with a photo of a pagan ceremony from the 1920s on it, which is very fitting to the album. And it's to size, although you can also get it on Bandcamp. Now, I thought I thought that the uh, the human sacrifice ritual that was pictured was on the outside, and I thought you weren't just just weren't mentioning it because you know human sacrifice is pretty incidental. Who cares? But it's just on the inside. I see. Okay. Yeah, it's on the inside. You don't know about it until you actually open it. At least on the Phil Elverum and Son version. I'm impressed that you got the original vinyl pressing. Wasn't that like 500, 500 copies or something? Oh, no, not the one on Blue Fog. Oh. The one on Phil Elverum's label. You got the, you got the reissue, okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, the one on Blue Fog. No, no, no. I mean... That would be some serious insider information to have. Seriously, it would. Um, although, what I find is nice is I can't remember what the... Um, what was the name of the group that he was in, but the guitar that he plays on this album, fun fact, is not his own. He did not have one of good enough <laughs> quality to record an album. So okay. it was actually, it belongs to um, artist Owen Pallet, hmm. who ended up releasing an album of much ado called He Poo's Clouds. Clouds. <laughs> I believe he recorded his Final Fantasy. Okay. Until he probably got sued into the ground and decided to go with his name. Um, <laughs> the entire project, Weird Vision, came about because the guy in this group, Colin Berg, B-E-R-G-H, I don't know if I spelled that before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was in this group called Awesome. Mm -hmm. Out of Toronto. And right. everyone in the band knew that he had recorded a lot of music before. Mm. But he'd never put anything out. So in this band, Awesome, 
every other member of the band had a solo project. And he was the only one that didn't. And so the band basically pressured him into having a solo project that could maybe open for the band. And they did this one show where it was the band Awesome as the headliner and four opening acts. And the opening acts were all four of the solo projects, which, at least in the article I read, came off as adorable and not as incredibly indulgent. (laughs) So he did it, and people really liked it. And so they urged him to record it. And so he recorded it in a friend's bedroom with a guitar he borrowed from another artist. And that ended up being the story of how the album was made. It's a good story. Yeah. So, uh, do you want to talk about what you thought of the album first, or do you want me to? Uh, let's, uh, yeah, I think uh, I'll just say quickly that I thought it was really interesting, really great. It's like unlike anything I've ever heard of. Uh, definitely, I would, would you say the genre is freak folk? Would you agree with that, Dean? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, freak folk, definitely. And I would also agree that I've never heard anything like this. Mm-hmm. Definitely also, like, oh, go ahead. It, it can be hard to describe. I mean, the, the album is basically chanting, uh, which uh, the Pitchfork review I want to talk about, too, calls incantations. And it's hard to describe that without it sounding annoying, but I assure you it is not. Mm-hmm. While you're speaking of Pitchfork, um, the, only qu- the only quote I have from them that I thought kind of was a good place to start um, said, quote, Weird Visions is one Toronto man, Colin Berg, making imagined Nordic music that intentionally has an ancient, dredged-up feel, as if Berg simply transcribed what druids hummed to themselves. The druids part, that got me in. Mm-hmm. It's slippery with time. In uh, It goes into in other parts of the review that... They give it a 7.8, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, It's slippery with time, though, because it feels a lot longer than it is in a very Mm -hmm. good way. It's Mm -hmm. it's hypnotic and it draws you in. Mm -hmm. And the first track feels like it is several days that you're listening to it, but it's only 11 minutes. (laughs) But in a good way. (laughs) It is really and it's in a good way because it's kind of required to draw you into what narrative there is in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And every time I listen to it, I try to kind of figure out what ancient evil they're referring to <laughs> in this album, and I've never. There's quite definitely that. something, some looming terror over yes. this album. <laughs> there and absolutely it's, 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 is, and, and I have Without to give credit. Cre- <laughs> oh yeah, um, and I also agree with them that it's a, that they said the album feels entirely desolate. Mm-hmm. And that is a very good feeling. It is a it is a desolate, empty place. It's a black metal without the noise is another one yeah. they put, and a, another another non selling point. That, that review in Pitchfork is extremely technical. I, they're talking about perfect fifths and a tr- and tritone filled melodies. I have no idea what that means. But, Seriously, uh, I don't know that. Maybe that will enhance the enjoyment for some listeners, but uh, 
uh, I don't know how to describe it to, to make it sound more appealing than we have so far. <laughs> yeah. Um, the one other thing that I, I found interesting is I, I knew of this, but I hadn't heard much of the original artist. Um, but the third track on the album, Freezing Moon, is a cover. Really? Yes. From okay. a metal band called Mayhem. Hmm. Um, from their 1994 album, De Mysterious Dom Sithanas. I roughly translated from, you know, like, I believe the Norwegian, um, the Mysteries of hmm. Satan or something like that. It's <laughs> excellent. Yeah, something like that. I can't remember. I, they, they, they do mention they're not sure what language they, they sing it in. Someone on YouTube confirmed that it's Swedish. Yeah, the, it, I, and I can also confirm that because the first track, Sigil, the guy is um, in the interview that he did with Top Matters. They do clarify that he he speaks Swedish. And right. at the time, he didn't think anything of throwing in Swedish into it, but he sadly mentioned that he probably wouldn't be doing that today. <laughs> but I it's think just it's like, a great cut. Oh, yeah, it's a great cut. It's another uh, fun little fact about it. And anytime, anytime you can squeeze in a metal cover into a folk album, that's just infinitely cool. But I kind of like that like, it feels like Freezing Moon is kind of what the album is built around. Hmm. Because I feel like Sigil and Ceremony are bringing me into this kind of ancient pagan space. Okay. And then Freezing Moon always feels like the heart of the album for me. Hmm. We, should then, mention, we should mention it. There are only five tracks, and they, they're, they tend to be on the long side. Oh, they are absolutely on the long side. I don't know if I mentioned it, but the whole album... Yeah is five tracks and comes in at a little over 40 minutes. So it's not a long album by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, Sigil is 11 minutes long. But, like, for the first track, for example, I loved that the opening chords seemed to build in intensity as they stayed the same. Um... Mm -hmm. My favorite thing about this album in general is the fact that you can hear the ambient noises of the playing in the room. Mm -hmm. Almost like they used a contact microphone. Hmm. That like, you can hear the finger sliding along the string and the, 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 the bump of a finger or a body part against the guitar. Hmm. You know, think like a chair scraping along a floor and you get a sense of hearing a person perform it in a room for you. Hmm. And that's what I liked that I think it added a lot because it creates a lot more intimacy that I think would have been lost if they had done a clean studio recording. Yeah, the, the guy is definitely in the room for with you performing some kind of a ritual. So. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it's just like, or like you're you're listening into it, or like if you wanted to be creepy, since it is we're recording this in October, like you regain consciousness 
it tied up in someone's basement, and this is what you hear through the floorboards. <laughs> yes. But it's, yeah, it's very um, strict. Not, it's not muddled or anything. No. It's not muddled, but, like, you can you can hear it clearly, but you do get the sense that it is it is in a particular space. Sure. And I really loved that you really did get a sense of, like, it, this is a thing in the world. And I think that was an excellent and very cheap way to give it a lot more personality. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, um, I rated it an A-. minus. Okay. Because, uh, okay. because I felt like an A is something that a grade I give it when I think this is something that would be liked by everybody. Okay. But a minus implies that, like, leaning towards some people may be turned off by just how alien and how slow it is. Imagine. Uh, what about you? What did you What did you give it? I, I gave it an eight point five, and I want to say that 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 connotes a switcheroo in terms of our picks here. It on does indeed. Series. Because that means that I am rating your pick higher than my own, which is probably not going to happen very often, and we should make note of when it does. I don't know. I mean, my, maybe my musical tastes are just better than yours, and maybe it'll that, just happen from here on. Let's, let's see about next week. <laughs> seriously, <laughs> seriously. Um, no, an 8.5 for me denotes that it's, it's just otherworldly, something totally new that I'd never heard before. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they, they, they're, they're really staking out new territory. And uh, we can do uh, we can I don't know if you believe in R I Y L recommended if you like so I'd, I'd be interested in what you think this sounds like compared to other bands and what you would recommend people uh, or people who like something else would, uh, would would choose this any ideas like what this would be for fans of insert yeah yeah here? recommended if you like okay um hmm, that is a tricky one because like I said I don't know of many other album it's hard it's hard when it's so distinctive yeah um i would say oh yeah um i i this is one i've listened to recently um i would have to say and i don't sadly know who made it but um i'd have to recommend oh yeah yeah the album by anna homler h-o-m-l-e-r called bread woman and other tales Okay. Is that free folk too, or uh, just regular? Kind folk? of. It's a okay. woman singing in a made-up language that sounds like a real language, <laughs> um, and it's got this kind of early '80s but not dated sounding electronic mm-hmm. counterpoint. And it is at least the first two or three tracks off of that album, which was also re-released recently. Mm-hmm. It it also has this, you know, like it brings you into this odd world. Um, mm-hmm. Does it give you weird visions? <laughs> all across the sky, across the whole sky. <laughs> so what I, I what I like about this album not only that it is uh, singular in its in distinctiveness, but also that every track does something different. Sometimes there's you know female vocal harmonies. There's an accordion, which I always love. Um, mm-hmm. As you did last week for my pick, Dean, I want to point out that YouTube has another track that's not on the album called mm-hmm. Boat, 
and it yeah. doesn't really fit, so I'm glad they left it off, but it's still an interesting track here, so ch check that out. Okay, so yeah, by the way, about that track, The Boat or My Boat, that's off of an EP with Castle Music, which is, I believe, the project of the female vocalist off of the album, Jennifer Castle, huh. that appears on the third track, Freezing Moon. They did a, yeah. a split together, in their words, because they were doing shows together, but they didn't have any merch to sell. <laughs> and that I agree, that track is just, it isn't as good. I've tried to go listen to it twice, and I just I haven't been able to get into it. But the other it's one, I would style. say, yeah, it's like... It's almost more like, chamber pop. Yeah, and I like the fact that there's only one album by Weird Visions, I don't even, I don't want another album. <laughs> I, okay. Not because, like, I don't like it, but because, like, I feel like this is special, and I feel like if he tried to make other albums, I might, it might reveal flaws that hmm. I don't want to see, if you know what I mean. Well, I mean, you know, only doing five tracks and then doing a whole other album of it, it could start to feel formulaic. It didn't on this album because it was, you know, five pieces that all do something different. But, you know, how, how many variations are there on chanting? I, I Probably more than I realized, but it could, you know, to the untrained ear, it might sound formulaic after a while. Yeah, and then it would just be a matter of like, oh, what cover are they going to do in the next one? You know, like the problem that, um, I don't know if you've heard of him, but an artist named Sam Amidon does. A, uh, Amidon, A-M-I-D-O-N. He does kind of roots music, you know, traditional songs. Uh -huh. He's a um, he's multi-instrumentalist, but mainly focuses on the banjo. Lives in okay. New York, I believe, probably Brooklyn. That seems like where a person like that would live. Mm -hmm. But um, every single album, he does a cover it's a modern song, but he does it in this very old-school bluegrass style. Mm -hmm. And so it ended up very quick early on in his career. It became a thing of what song is he going to choose for this one? Right. Predictable. Yeah. But yeah, the other one I would say, if you like this album, that it's a stretch, is the artist Meredith Monk. Hmm. Um, who just Indeed. got awarded, a, I believe, the, um, he got a, she got an award from, uh, Obama. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what the award that he gives, but yeah, she got that. And hers is also chanting vocals. So I would say maybe that, but what about you? What would your, if you like this, you may also like. Yeah, sure. I, I, I'm not a huge folk person, so I took it took a different angle and said, what albums can I imagine are just totally hypnotic and draw you in like that and leave you in a trance, other than obviously horrible electronic trance music. Um, yes. And I, I would go there in, in terms of uh, in terms of hypnoticness and also chanting occasionally. Uh, your instrumental instrumental folk music, Joshua Abrams, has a really similar effect of long tracks that uh, are slow and kind of, you know, they kind of have a tractor beam effect on you. Uh, mm. Also, Hode, H-O-E-V-H, has an album from the 90s that is just looping uh, distorted chants. It's, I, I find, uh, kind of similar and nice. 
The track Mori Mori Crisium by S E T I City also uses chanting. And I want to say for the overall tone of being dark and foreboding and not sure what's uh, what's happening in this dark evil world, the uh, the, the band also Nordic I believe uh, when just W H E N uh, mm-hmm. singing about the singing about the black death and so forth is similar in tone if not in uh, instrumentation. Recommend. Mm-hmm. I think I'd also give a, uh, a shout out to two German artists. One is, I think one of them, I think they're both German. I'm not positive now. Um, one would be the album Phaedra by Tangerine Dream. Really? But I could see okay. having kind of a hypnotic, trance-like effect. I guess. Okay. And the other one I might throw out there, although it's kind of a stretch, is Klaus Schultz. S-E-H-U-L-Z-E, I believe. Mm, yeah, um, has I, I, two albums in blue mm-hmm. and the album X. I listened to, listen, listen to both of those guys, and I, and I guess it's it kind of hypnotic. I, I don't know how, how similar to the chanting um, chanting effect of hypnotism is uh, on those on those electronic. Those are, yeah. those are a lot more electronic. So, But I think what we're both try, both saying here is that with our struggles to come up with similar sounding albums is that it really for both of us we've heard a lot of music and for both of us this is a sound that we haven't really heard before and in 2019 <laughs> that is not common not common at all yes and deserves praise deserving praise well i think it um uh i think it works the tracks by the way since there's only five of them first one sigil um that was my second favorite off of the album. And then Ceremony, which is kind of a coda to Sigil, a shorter one. Um, so I, I, this is my note for the, the track Ceremony. If Sigil is the time in a horror movie when the killer is pursuing her, then the track Ceremony is for when she's his prisoner. It has an <laughs> ominous tone with a cleaner guitar. Still, with ambient sounds tucked in the mix to make it seem like an intimate performance. Hmm. Yeah. Um, nice way of so, putting it. Yeah, so like that, that, that I like. And then it goes into Freezing Moon, which is absolutely my favorite. Um, like I said earlier, it makes me wonder what evil is it that these songs are for? Vampires? Or hmm. is it something out there to feed on our flesh that we've never heard of? <laughs> um, this is clearly the end of side one, and that's the only thing I didn't like, is moving straight into track four, Bog Lord, which has kind of a, a sing-songy opening. It yeah. really undercut Freezing Moon for me. And then mm-hmm. it ends with air conditioning, which is the very 1990s way to end the whole thing. But it was apropos. <laughs> um, what do you mean by 1990s? It just had the wall of guitars. Like, if okay. you started doing chords, that might be the opener to an epic Smashing Pumpkins song. <laughs> I guess they did use electricity there, if that's what you mean, sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like that. It just, it had that very, like, wall of noise, kind of post-grunge 1990s thing. So, uh, the, the dream of the 90s lived in that track where the rest of the, where the rest of the Portlandia references live in the dream of the 1890s. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. any other stuff? Um, 
Oh, yeah, by the way, um, the other reviews, um, Pitchfork, we already mentioned. Slug Magazine also reviewed it, but helpfully did not give any rating. They hated it. It ruined their day. They hated Freezing <laughs> Moon. But you know what? Slug Magazine is apparently terrible, so I would not recommend listening to them because they have no taste. I'd be interested um, in reading her, uh, in your in the show notes. Put put it. I've never seen a negative review of this, so yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. That one, they just they hated it. Um, Tiny mm. mixtapes. I think that this is where I'll end. This is my final thought because it's the best title of any article I've seen in a while. Um, it is a mouthful though, but it's my favorite just because it totally the review, everything they said about it on Tiny mixtapes, totally misses the point. It is just like a frat guy trying to explain this album in between Natty Light. So it's called the title of the album, title of the um, what's it called? Article. P.W. Elverum and Son reissue Weird Visions 2006 album Half Eaten Guitar. Comma. Go buck wild with a fire hose on a bog monster. <laughs> Woo! I mean, woo indeed, DJ Pozor, woo indeed. I mean, like, wow. If that, if that doesn't entice, nothing does. Seriously, I mean, that bog monster is getting way too sassy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, speaking of sassy bog monsters, I believe you had some questions for me about yes, yes, how to, yes. uh, to transition to transition. In our first episode, both of our albums could fall into the genre of power pop, so it's an obvious connection. Did you see any connections between our picks this week? Not particularly. Yeah, um, they're pretty different in style. And uh, do you have anything? Or sorry, interrupt. I mean, I found I found that your album was like. It kind of, it kind of moved you into, you know, kind of a very calm, chill out kind of space. Interesting. Okay. You know, kind of like an Asian stereo lab. <laughs> but All like, right. I don't. Gonna, this will not be the last time we hear from Stereo Lab, I imagine. But yeah. Oh, I will imagine not. Um, but <laughs> I, I don't, I don't. It didn't have that hypnotic quality, mainly because they had like noise elements that they would throw in there that would kind of break you out of that kind of lull that it brought mm-hmm. you into. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? All right. Well, a couple things. I had to think about it. I, I got to say, first of all, they're both un-American. <laughs> Yours is Canada. They hate style. America. They both hate America. And under, under our lovely, under our lovely orange president, China and Canada are our new adversaries. So <laughs> That's true. they're connected that way. Both albums, both albums are partially sung in English, not entirely. True. Uh, both uh, both albums have multiple vocalists and some some harmonies on some tracks. But the real thing that really got me, I think, wow, this we we unintentionally did a did a, um, a well connected picks in that uh, the the title of the my pick is a Mobius Omega, and to go back to old old school uh, 1990s techno, uh, Orbital's 1991 debut had a track called The Mobius, and I quote Lieutenant Worf from Star Trek The Next Generation, who is sampled on that track. Lieutenant Mm -hmm. Worf says, there is the theory of the Mobius, 
a twist in the fabric of space where time becomes a loop. And so you see, repetition, Dean. Repetition. Repetition. Your, your pick is a your pick is a you know incantation and chanting and so forth. And electronic music tends to be a little bit more repetitive. So I think that's mm -hmm. a that's a that's the way we're going to transition from my from your pick to mine. My pick is entitled uh, Mobius Omega by Spice, and the Chinese name for that uh, is Xiang Liao. Is the band name, and the mm -hmm. album name is Wu Xian Dianzu. And here that means limitless resistance, resistance in the electrical sense. So the, the, the name Mobius Omega is not just translated from Chinese or anything. They're just two different names. Huh, Basic specs about the album? Oh, go, go ahead. No, go ahead. Basic specs about the album. It came out in 2018. It is eight tracks, 38 minutes long, and I would call it electronic. I will talk about, uh, we'll talk about genre in a minute, I think, I hope. Uh, the label is Street Voice out of Taiwan. And you can find this album on eMusic. It also streams on Tidal. And yeah, so go ahead. What do you what do you think about it, Dean? Your first thoughts. My first thoughts. Um, you mean like my rating and such? You can order it any way you like, Dean. Okay. Thoughts, I rated this. Um, I honestly, I rated it to C plus. Okay. Um, it started off strong. Um, the first two tracks, White Blood Cells and Synchronization Rate, um, I rated, um, I rated both B minuses. Mm -hmm. Um, then I, that's partially just because they were singing in another language. So I was like, <laughs> I, I gave them that kind of credit that the lyrics are probably really profound in their language. <laughs> As synth pop lyrics tend to be, it's super profound, yes. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> And then it was kind of like that kind of the same realization that I had about Pizzicato 5 when I found out what the lyrics were in English. And I'm like, oh, God, these are terrible. Oh, boy. So it took a dive with the track The Deep, hmm. um, which I rated a C plus. And I and I quote. OK, now they're singing. Oh, so um, let's start with the first one. Uh, white blood cells like Stereo Lab in whatever language they're singing in. I couldn't find translated lyrics, so I'm going to go by how they sound. It was chill out music. Track two is a little bit glitchier, but still chill out music. It had a little bit of an edge, but not enough of one to intimidate the average listener. Hmm. Mellow, like an electronic Kurt Vile, if you know hmm. the artist. But then in three, I was like, okay, now they're singing in English. And I can verify that I'm not missing anything. Quote, <laughs> dive deep into eternal night, thousands of meters from the water's surface. The lyrics reminded me of Pizzicato 5. Hmm. And then from there, it's like it, it kind of reached a mid-album low of Movie Girl, To-Do List, and Sky before kind of on an upswing with Leisure Pictorial. Pictorial? Yeah, Leisure Pictorial, and the last track, Foul Love, which I like. Although Great. I ended up turning my review of the last track, Foul Love, into a chicken joke. Chicken joke, well. Because I tell. heard the track, Foul, I, I heard them, like, sing Foul Love, and I was thinking it was F-O-W-L, <laughs> like a bird. To quote, uh, to just... quote, very good, to quote Tom Green, they were getting fresh with the chickens. Seriously, yeah. 
And I was like, maybe this is a concept album from Gonzo from the Muppets perspective about his undying love for Camilla the Chicken. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if that's the case, then I would rate it, you know, as a solid D. Deep interpretation there, yeah. Yeah, what can I say? Um, let's uh, let's, let's talk. Let's talk lyrics again, since you mentioned lyrics, and I know you're always going to analyze lyrics a lot more than I do. What do you do when someone is singing? This happened both in in uh, Weird Visions and with here. When someone is singing in a foreign language, do you just tune out, or how do you not? Uh, you don't listen to it in the usual way, yeah. Yeah, and I've, I, I, I noticed this when I was in Saudi Arabia. That, and maybe you've noticed this overseas as well. The track, the album, the artists that non-native speakers like are almost always not the same ones that native speakers like. For sure. Like, I'm attracted to artists that sound good as a whole and I'm more interested in what they're doing with their voice as an instrument mm-hmm. and I'm less interested in what they're saying because I don't know it hmm. but I mean like okay. even a song like um, Movie Girl I wrote like even I can tell this is a love song it's a slower number yeah there's yeah. harmony um, I like the harmonizing but like I, I appreciate the voice as an instrument and not mm. necessarily focusing too much on what is being said. Mm-hmm. Although sometimes I can just take a little bit and run with it. For example, one album that I was thinking of choosing for next episode, but decided against it, an album called Betfakar Simin by the Egyptian musician Om Kalthum. It's the track, the title of it is Who Are You Thinking Of? Hmm. And it, and it's by a lover wondering who is this other woman that occupies your thoughts that is hmm. filling that you're thinking about because I know you're not thinking about me when you kiss me or when you're spending time with me. And at hmm. first it's who are you thinking of? And then it gets sad and desperate and begging. And then hmm. it's like she reaches this realization that he's not good enough for her. And then okay. it gets taunting. And hmm. it's like, who are you thinking of? Who's this woman that's going to end up taking this loser of a man off my hands? <laughs> and it gets brave and, and brash near the end of it, still with this like almost chanting refrain of Betfakar Finim. <laughs> who are you thinking of? And I think that like that's, you know, longest answer, the kind of stuff I look for in an album where they're singing in another language. Like, oh, what are they that. doing with their voice as an instrument? Okay. Well, it's interesting that you say that you don't pay attention to, to lyrics, and I must mean that I really, really don't. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> Man, I can't pay attention to lyrics if they're in another language. Just, I guess, I like, mean, you can, yeah, you can look it up or find a translation, but if it's not available, what do you do? I guess that's the question, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, but, like, that's a case I'm not going to go in. I'm not going to overly obsess over it. Partially because of the Pizzicato 5 problem. Sure. And you find out they're not very deep. Yeah, yeah exactly. When something's like, in a foreign language, you can imagine it's all great poetry. And then when exactly. you find out that it's not, yeah, why bother? Although there is a counter-argument to that, and that's an artist that sings in Spanish that I would highly recommend since you are fluent. And that's right. an artist named Rana Santa Cruz. Okay. Rana is R-A-N-A. 
he has a tiny desk concert on NPR, and the lyrics in Spanish are really great. And okay. it's dark songs sung in a very jaunty tone. So they're kind of like Spanish murder ballads hmm. that are sung as party songs. La Buscaré. Like someone who didn't like die, I guess. Okay. But it's like, that's one that, like, I went into the lyrics and, like, there's a lot of meat there. And I kind of, I kind of wished that I had spent a little bit more time on it. Hmm. Well, good deal. It's, it's always important to appreciate songs from, from different angles and for different reasons. And so I think from the lyrics to the, to the music to the overall tone, I think there's any number of ways. And so it's great that we're coming at it from different angles. Exactly. Uh, I want to, I want to say a little more about the, the biography of this band. Because uh, Please. making making alternative music in a communist country like the PRC is uh, you know not easy, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I should mention that the two members, the two members of the band, first of all, their their previous albums, of which there have been a few, they formed in 2012. They used to be post rock, so this this album is a real departure from that into being more pop and electronic. And mm-hmm. uh, the bassist, also known uh, as the producer, is an African American with dreadlocks, uh, at least in the band picture. His name is Eli Levi, and uh, in in a podcast, uh, another podcast called uh, Beijing Calling, he talks over his music about uh, the making of the album and how uh, previous albums you see were very very different from this. So I think that's noteworthy. First of all, second of all, he uh, he's a you know he learned Chinese and he is actually singing in Chinese on this album. And so I don't know how any of you listeners out there feel about singing in a non-native language, but that's that's really tough. So props. Yeah, seriously. So kudos for that. Um, yeah, in that way, it reminded it reminded me of the band Can, with, in my unpopular opinion, their best singer, Malcolm Mooney. <laughs> okay. They were they were a, a German group, but they had a an African American vocalist for their first one and a half albums mm-hmm. before he ended up being driven to have a nervous breakdown and get institutionalized. Because of how strenuous Pan's recording process was. Yikes. If, if your music literally drives you insane, you might want to yeah, tone it down a bit. <laughs> well, the, you, you, I mean, this is totally a depart, like, not relevant for the, for the, for the audience here, but do you happen to know Pan's recording, um, style? I guess go ahead, Dean. Okay. Well, okay. So normal bands, they have like a plan or like something. Pan would jam for up to five to ten hours and just do maybe a ten-minute excerpt for one song. Uh So Malcolm Mooney was expected to improvise lyrics for 12 straight hours, and then maybe he might get ten minutes of actual record from that. That'll take it out of you. Yeah, it is. It is, but... To circle back to Spice, my favorite completely useless quote about the band's formation, um, and I love this, I don't know what it means and I don't care, um, came from an, uh, uh, a um, website called ChenZhenParty.com. Hit us. Are you ready for this? Bring it. It's, it's gold. It's gold, DJ. Gold. <laughs> Bring it. Bring the gold. Okay. Spice 
was born out of a crab's egg that was laid during an electrical storm on the shores of Taohuadao. I mean, that's really all you need to say about the founding of this band. Say no more. Say no more. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, I mean, you got the crab's egg, you've got the electrical storm, you've got the shore. I mean, what else do you really need? I mean, every, I'm pretty every sure that... Every great band needs a little bit of mythology, I'd say. And that, yeah, that's I mean, good. I'm pretty sure that's how uh, U2 is founded as well. Indeed. Different, different shore, different egg, but, you know. Seriously. Oh, yeah, totally irrelevant comment. You know Bono from U2 always has those, like, cheesy-looking sunglasses that he yeah. wears constantly? Yeah. I did not even know this until today. Do you know why he wears sunglasses? I always thought it was a style thing. Hmm. He has glaucoma. Ah. It, and he's oh. sensitive to bright lights, and that's why he wears sunglasses all the time. Well, let's, let's hear it for optical, optical health. And, uh, let's and hear it for glaucoma. <laughs> no, glaucoma is not worth cheering. for glaucoma. Highly debilitating. We shouldn't cheer it. It'll only encourage it. <laughs> I mean, it ended up it ended up giving him a really important fashion sense. So yeah, I mean, hip hip hooray. Good deal, Dean. Since you mentioned band biographies, I'll get to the other member in a second. But I also want to mention that uh, yeah, there's some definite great chinglish going on in the descriptions on the. Uh, on the another site called KK Box, which is an Asian music streaming site, I'd like mm-hmm. to I'd like to quote and uh, quote uh, some English uh, non English description of this album, and uh, it, is, it is it is as follows. Listen, this is about two sentences. Mm-hmm. They they say on KK Box about the album o- Mobius Omega. In the post web information era, there are no shortages of people who blindly accept outside information and wildly spread. However, there is one kind of people who are independent from the outside world, just like insulators. It is because of their self-sustainability that varies the whole world. I mean, isn't that poetic in a kind of you know, non-English way? That is kind of poetic. By the way, the only other incidental detail about this album that um, I kind of hated was when I went on Pandora. Uh-huh. Which apparently the album is on Pandora. Um, I actually was able to see the cover of this album in large enough scale that I was able to tell that the thing, the yellow thing on the cover that I had always assumed was just a snake is not a snake. What is it? It is a snake with the head of an elderly bald man. Oh, it does look like a little bit like Homer Simpson, I guess, from a distance. Yeah, or like uh, Chairman Mao. Hmm, all right, all right. But like, you know, and it's just like, oh, I could have done without giant old man snakehead. Did not need that. That is All right, well, you zoom in, you pay the price, Dean. Seriously. Um, Yes, another another biographical news, the same site that uh, lists this this fine Chinglish example of, of... Describing an art, an album, and an artist. They, when mm-hmm. they, and they they link, they also link to the Wikipedia for for the artist bio. And if you click on the Wikipedia link, it's just a it's just a it's just Wikipedia's entry on seasonings. So it'll tell you all about oregano and stuff. <laughs> so that's kind of totally. Funny. Oregano used to be in the band. Yeah, kicked out. But it you know. just it it just they the, the it just couldn't really blend with the rest of the band. 
So they totally, ended up yeah. kind of cutting it out of the recipe. And the drummer Ginger, you know, spontaneously combusted, as they do. Seriously, so. yeah. Um, they're oh, from. Yeah, you, know, uh, but you have to remember, uh, like Ginger later on ended up having a very lucrative career after this band um, in the Spice Girls. <laughs> very good, very good. With the help uh, of the time machine, presumably. We are we are <laughs> somewhat less obscure, it seems, in our discussion. Yes, um, I mean, I mean, no offense, like it's called Spice. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's I'm going only to happen. Human. It's going to happen. All right. Seriously. So back to the back to the band bio. They are from uh, the the main member, who is the sole original member, uh, is from Hangzhou, which is a mm-hmm. rather wealthy part of the country, known for its lovely scenery and less polluted air and, and water. Uh, the guy's name is, and get this name, it's a great name, Chen Chen Chen. <laughs> is that common? To have the same, you know, phonetically, it's, I'm sure they're different characters. I'm 100 percent sure they're different characters. The two, the two Chen Chens at the end might be is actually his first name and might be the same character. I'm not sure, but uh, they're different tones and different characters, so it just sounds the same in English. And yeah. this guy, this guy actually got a PhD, which props to him for that. It's hard. It and, is hard. Uh, yeah, yeah. So this is a very academic stab at uh, at music. And I think you can hear it in the in the uh, the variety of the songs, which I'd like to also mention, unless you have more to say. No, that's it. Um, I've already covered a little bit about the music. Um, mm-hmm. But what about you? I mean, you haven't talked about the music at all yet. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. First time I listened to it, I you know I was searching for uh, on eMusic. I was searching for some some among seven hundred titles on the on the label uh, Street Voice out of Taiwan. I, was, I actually, you know, sampled all 700 albums that weren't singles, and uh, this one really stood out. And so the first time I heard it, I thought, wow, this is the best Chinese music album ever I've ever heard. So I was really, you know, stoked, and mm-hmm. it put me in a really, like, cutting-edge feeling. It's from 2018, and I was surprised I hadn't heard of it before, because I like to think I'm, you know, current with Chinese alternative music. And so... Uh, as, as would we all. As one would hope. Goodness sakes. Seriously. Not, like, you might as well just, you know, jump off a bridge. Oh, but, no, no, uh, not other people, just you. I mean, ah. you not being current with Chinese alternative music, it just, I don't even know how I can respect you. Yeah, I, I expect it of the entire population, basically. So Yeah, get, I get mean, on seriously. It. Get on it. Uh, I thought the album I thought the album was really front-to-finish listenable, which is the requirement to get the, the rating that I did give it of an 8, which is notably lower than lower than Weird Vision. So I mean, I, when I first listened to it, I thought I was going to give it a ten. After repeated listening, I thought, okay, yeah, it's not that groundbreaking. So I, I think it's just really enjoyable. Uh, I couldn't say which song is my favorite. Some are dancier than others. Uh, there's actually a dance breakout in uh, after the the chorus of "Progress Needs You," the call to action on the to do list. There's actually a kind of a dancing dancey segment there, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, you talked about Movie Girl being a slower love number and uh, brilliant EFL, EFL English uh, description on KK Box again. I guess if I focus on the last song, which you also said you liked, it really reminded me of Geographer's song Kites, because it focuses on you, hmm. you and uh, really sings it in a romantic way. And uh, listen to them, compare them, and see what you think. Yeah, for this one, the only thing I wrote about to-do list, other than a couple of pedantic complaints about, like, grammar, 
of song titles that like for, for to-do list, I was like, to-do should be hyphenated. I feel like it should be hyphenated. And for track Sky, it's S dot K dot Y with no dot after last letter. That's just oh, annoying. Goodness. Oh, Seriously, goodness. look at it. Track six. Thank you. Thank you, English major, for uh, for your pedantry. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that really annoyed me. But like, if you I, want to keep... other than... yeah, go ahead. Other than that, I felt like to do list. Sorry for saying the M word, but reminded me of Maroon Five. No kidding! Wow, that's that's mainstream. I, I basically, <laughs> I, I, that that's basically in in our podcast counts as a murder. I think. <laughs> You just killed it, Dean. Thanks a lot. If, if you want to talk about overall comparisons, what other comparisons to other bands would you say other than that unmentionable one? Stereo Lab, definitely. Um, and uh, Movie Girl, the harmonizing reminded me of the Beach Boys. Wow. The Maroon 5. And... Okay. Um, I, and those are the only, no. oh, not not related, but um, okay. number for track six. Um, um, here's a lyrics quote: "Afraid of things I cannot see, crawling through the shadows. This darkness is endless." I get the song is about pain, but it's too vague and generic to make an impression. Is it about a blind person? Question mark. Who knows? Why? Blind people feel pain too. Endless darkness, grasping, not really sure where anything is thing, but again, I wasn't really sure. In terms of other okay. bands though, uh-huh. it was just, it was a very, it wasn't exactly MOR for our listeners, middle of road, mm. but it was, there wasn't a lot of there there. <laughs> You found it light and not too pithy. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like the kind of thing that would be playing if I was waiting in line, or like it would be playing at the airport, or no like kidding. something like that. It kind of had a. It, I mean, don't get me wrong; it had some kind of like aggressive point, but like mm-hmm. it had a very like some of the tracks wouldn't be a miss on a smooth jazz station. Wow. I think you need to listen to more smooth jazz, Dean. But, oh, no, no, no. Uh, Sorry. I, I, I misspoke. Adult contemporary. <laughs> Still, I think, I don't know. There's one track that was verging on Yacht Rock. <laughs> All right. So what, we can talk genre, too, Dean. Overall, what is the genre of this, uh, of this album? You said chill out before. I don't know if I agree. Yeah, I would say chill out. Um, like I said, it has some sharp edges. But I think mm-hmm. that 80 to 90% of it would be chill out, you know, like I said, Stereo Lab. All right. Um, I, th- I can hear the synth pop. I think there are trip hop elements, but I do think there is more of an edge than you give them credit for. I can hear that maybe you want more of a punch from them, like just something exploding. I don't know, or a stronger beat. I don't know what it would take. No, no, to- no. I mean, like, they do have, like, aggressive stuff. I can't remember. It was either in, I think, maybe track three. Um, okay. No, track two. Yeah. Um,. Synchronization rate. All right. Um, it has a little edge, but not n- enough of one to in, uh, intimidate the average listener. Like, that's hmm. generally true. Like, it'll have like a, hey, I'm ballsy. I've heard of Otecra. 
and then it'll go back into like da 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 and it's All just right. kind of like, oh, we're getting right back. It's like, it's like the elevator opened up at a rave, and then the elevator doors closed. That's kind of the way the aggressive elements at least came through for me. All right. What about you? Oh, that, that's I. You know, I. We all hear it differently. I want to. I want to say that I, in terms of recommended, if you like stuff, uh, I mentioned geography already, and Russian futurists would be another one. And I mm-hmm. would say synth pop and uh, I, I definitely electronic pop. I don't know if it's you know, if there's a difference between synth pop and electronic pop, but this would definitely be on the more electronic side. And it being a departure from post rock, I think is noteworthy too. Most of yeah. all, though, I'd want to compare it. I'd want to compare it to how Helio Sequence might sound if they had stayed electronic. And if you you know Helio Sequence, their first two albums were kind of a little bit bouncy, electronic rock, synth pop kind of stuff, but they transitioned mm-hmm. into really kind of uh, indie rock later on. And I, I, I was always curious, what would it, what would their trajectory have taken them to? And I think this album answers that question for me, if they were Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> Except for that little extraneous detail. You know, side note. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, I felt like, yeah, I just, I, I, I didn't, I didn't really like, I mean, I took, I kind of ignored the fact that they were Chinese or as a Chinese okay. group or from uh-huh. China at the very least, uh-huh. because like, I wanted to try to focus on like, would I like it if it was in English? Like if this All was right. something that was on American radio, uh-huh. would I be like, oh, hey, I want to hear that. And like, it just, there wasn't enough there. All right. That to make me like interested, I suppose. I mean, like, yeah, it's just it it had that kind of every pop star has a bunch of ballads, love ballads, all very soft and gentle, and you know, singing and da 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 da. And it's just it, and occasionally there's like a little fiery element, but again, not enough to scare anybody. And that's kind of what I got about this. Like, this was an attempt to be more mainstream. All right. And certainly, certainly like in that direction. Yes. You know, but it's like if a band was trying to make a straight-ahead kind of chill-out, you know, adult contempo album, but they had mm-hmm. kind of an experimental music background, now, which you is say, actually we, what they were. Sure. Okay. I think this was intended to be a star turn for them. I, I agree with that. I, and when you say chill out, I think, you know, does this sound like Bonobo, an electronic chill, chill out artist? And I would say not really. So I would say, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if I agree with the, the chill out business. But, uh, well, for me, when I say chill out, I've never heard, I honestly will say that I've never heard Bonobo. Um, right. I'm more referring to them as like Stereo Lab. Stereo Lab is straight synth pop. I, I listeners back me up in the comments, but uh, <laughs> yes, what the phantom comments? Yes, um, yeah. If, if we have like, comments, <laughs> but like, um, like maybe them, maybe Pink Martini, um, generally kind of like soft rock, I guess. Wow, is okay. what I'm trying to say. I mean, I don't really hear a lot of rock elements in this. I mean, there are guitars. Oh no, 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 Pink. yeah, not not really, but it's just like. It's not doing exactly that, but this is the kind of music that you would put on while you're just 
you want to chill out or while you're studying or you want to read a book or just something kind of inoffensive to have on in the background. Hmm. All right. Well, I, I would, I would That's say what I not... mean when I say chill out music. All right. Okay. I would say I would counter that it's maybe not dance floor ready, but there, when I want to chill out, I, I don't want to beat <laughs> at least not as a, as strong and, you know, there's, there's dancier elements to it too, as I mentioned. But anyway, we, we can disagree on that. That's fine. Yeah, um, absolutely. In terms of listening to it in, in English, I, did you notice any funny pronunciations of English? I, I make um, no, but unless it's really egregious, I don't make a point of listening for that mm-hmm. because it seems cruel. <laughs> I think it's, it's something else that gives it a little bit of extra flavor when they sing. And here's one, the one that I caught that, that they repeat over and over again is when the, obviously the Chinese, uh, half of it, Chen 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 sings here on earth. He sings here on earth. And I say, show me your tongue between your teeth. You know, as the teacher comes out to me, like, <laughs> yeah, earth. but it's like, and that's the kind of thing that it's like, for me, you're, how many languages can you speak? A few. Let's say like, three, four. Working on four. Yeah. Okay. So like you, it wouldn't mean anything to you, but for me, it's like, I'm basically sticking with English. Um, and so I've tried to learn others, but it's just, it's learning a language is not really where my strengths lie. Mm -hmm. I can do it, but it's not playing to my strengths. Sure. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, I mean, I need it in an interesting way too. Like it, it, I don't, I don't mean to criticize. I said, although I just criticized it. I mean, it's, it's interesting to listen to when you're, when someone takes your language and, Maybe you don't even recognize it as English. That's a real accomplishment in my in my listening experience. Like you can listen to it a whole song and then later realize, wait a minute, that was in English. I didn't understand any of it. And it's because they're not a native speaker. That's I, I really love that. I hope we get some more some more examples of that through the decades of the show. Yeah, but it's like for me, it's like like I said, it was the Pizzicato Five problem. It's like the lyric there wasn't any meaning in me. So like for me, it quickly didn't matter what language they were singing. Because I know there was going to be no weight or profundity in any of it. Well, I think they can replace that, replace the profundity with earnestness a lot of times when you're in a second language. They they mean what they're singing, and maybe they would put it more poetically in their native language, but they're still sincere. But they're sincere about nothing. (laughs) I mean, the lyrics are just like... I don't know. I didn't quote. A no, lot I'm saying it. I I I refer back to the the line "progress needs you." This is a call to action, and then you dance about it. So hey, I like it. <laughs> I mean, those are just three words, though. That's not exactly a lyric. That's my my context. point being that it's it's oversimplified. It is absolutely oversimplified and not poetic, and maybe even you know uh, you could call it uh, superficial, but uh, are certainly not deep. But no, 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 but I don't mean that. I mean, the sentiment okay. progress needs you is fine. What I'm saying is that okay. if you put that in the context of the lyrics immediately before and after that, it probably wouldn't have the same weight. It's not right. like the person was like, there's all these problems in our country and there's all this struggle everywhere. Progress needs you. That it would have meaning. It's just like it might, the, the lyric might be before is like, Fly, fly, look at the dolphins, fly, fly, winds are blowing, fly, progress needs you, the tree is singing. And that might be the co- the lyrics and context, <laughs> Very which symbolic discounts the 
progress needs you message. It's sure, kind of sure, what sure. I meant. These are not political songs. I don't mean to say that, but I do mean to say hell, that. No country... kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I want to say, Dean, you got to put it in the context of a, an authoritarian regime like China's and say that the simple act of making and promoting non pop music like canto pop or I love I love you you love me boy meets girl love songs the very act of doing that in a country such as that is a political act and uh, deserves I our support I suppose but it's just it's so slight that it's it's hard for me to be excited about it you, you you try writing you try writing for the Chinese censors D and see see how uh how uh you know substantive you can be <laughs> I know yeah, I mean, but I mean like maybe goes totally no, symbolic yeah I get that but I mean like there's no reason they can't go to like on vacation to Thai record a bunch of stuff go to Thailand and then release it in Thailand under a pseudonym and they could say whatever they want I think. Yeah. Well, this might be my only chance on this show uh, to to talk about the Chinese music industry. And uh, I would say that, you know, they actually do want to sell some albums without being blacklisted in their home country where people speak the language. I would um, imagine. Yeah. I also want to, since we're mentioning Asian music in general and in industry, I, eventually I'm going to have a an Asian version of this show promoting uh, promoting Asian music from uh, China, Japan, Korea, etc., and so a little plug for that. This is probably the only time I'll be doing an Asian Asian album on this show. I don't know, unless, unless you specifically requested, Dean. You can't get enough of this. Woo. Right? Woo. Well, what about the one, um, just to um, touch on the next episode, what is the country of origin for the artist you're going to be um, talking about next episode? I want to. I want to. If you're if you're trying to transition to our picks for next no, week, no, I'm not. I just feel things. like it's okay. relevant. Sure, of course, it is. It is Ukraine, which is kind of in the news lately. Um, oh, it's Ukrainian. <laughs> yeah. Shoot, if I'd known that, I would have chosen the Ukrainian black metal band. Well, you know, we'll have time. We will have time. Sure. <laughs> in terms of our picks, we can talk about our methodology and a scheduled discretion, which is when we want to talk about something other than our picks. Um, and I hope we'll we'll do also talk about music that we hate. So we know what not to pick for each other. The thing um, is, actually, if do you want to talk about? Now hold on, are we done with spice or their final? No, 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 just a couple more things. A couple more things. One more thing oh. about. Uh, one more thing about. Uh, I said, you know, in our first episode, we chose music by white people, and our, uh, you know, these guys are. A, it's a Chinese guy and an African American. So let me just say, hooray for diversity. Yes. And we're going to try to continue that, that trend of not just focusing on people who look and act like us, um, mm -hmm. two white guys, basically. Yes. So, <laughs> we're going to try to diversify, and that includes next week, and here's, here's what I meant as a transition to, to the picks next week, is that we're going to both open up our binders full of women and let two of them out. So go ahead, Dean. What's your God. pick? <laughs> oh, God. The binders full of women. Ew. Ew, I get the reference and still ew. <laughs> I remember what was that Mitt Romney? That was Sure enough. I, I, I don't want to overuse it. I won't I won't use that phrase or reference Romney again in the show, I promise. I mean I know that I, I know that you're just so in love with Mitt Romney. I mean you you just I'm sure you just loved his campaign. Just he's always gonna be your sweetheart. You know, he could peel the other Republican senators away from Trump, and that'd be right nice. But, you know, until that happens, no more Romney. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. 
Um, so yeah, uh, for my pick, this feels kind of like a cheat because it's kind of a remix album. It's uh, a greatest hits album, but it's just, it's got so many amazing tracks that really get a sense of who the artist is, but kind of buries it in layers of dorkiness and awkwardness and, you know, self-humiliation and stuff that you're not really aware of the amazing instrumentation and the beats and, you know, how throwing all these different elements into a song to tell a story. Um, but it's the album Songs in the Key of Gold by Leslie Hall. A woman. <laughs> a human woman. Verifiable, veritable female of the human species. <laughs> yes, and probably, prove me wrong, but one of the most well-known musicians from Iowa who sings <laughs> about Iowa. Wow. I didn't know it was the greatest hits album. I'll have to look into that, Dean. Yeah. Uh, my pick? Yes. You ready? All right, my pick is uh, war-torn Ukrainian pop from a Shantus, perhaps Diva, named Onuka. Her second album, as far as I know, 2018's Mosaica. So you can look forward to that in our next episode of Out of Obscurity. Stay tuned for next time. The dog and I bid you farewell. Farewell to you too. Have a good night and a pleasant tomorrow.